When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Struggling to keep up with the latest releases? Want to keep an eye on what's coming out in the next few months for work or your own personal pre-ordering needs? If you need help turbocharging your TBR, Book Riot Insiders is here for you. Our new release index, available at the novel level for just $5 a month, is curated by resident velocireader Liberty Hardy from the All the Books podcast. She keeps track of the most exciting books pre-publication so that you can browse them, know when your favorite author's next novel hits stores, or just find your next favorite read. Go to insiders.bookriot.com to sign up. That's insiders.bookriot.com. Hello and welcome back to When in Romance, a place for you to go to talk about, gush about, scream about, all things romance, romance novels, not your love life. I don't know. We might talk about that at some point, but really it's just romance novel. I am Jess. And I am Trisha. And if we talk about that, I hope it will be uh, in a way that does not in any way require any expertise because <laughs> aside from just, just living life to its fullest, there's not a lot I can offer anybody. I mean, honestly, same. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. That's why we stick with the books. But we have plenty to say about the books, so that's totally okay. Absolutely. We really do. How are you, Jess? I'm doing great. How are you? What state are you in? I am in Missouri. It took me a second because I'm uh, en route to Oklahoma. Um, but I'm a place called at a place called the Lake of the Ozarks, and it seems lovely so far. So to be fair... I've only been in the hotel so far, but it's a nice hotel. So, <laughs> and I'm optimistic about the lake. Apparently, the Lake of the Ozarks has more coastline, well, waterline. I don't know if it's <laughs> a coast of the lake. Anyway, than the state of California. Well, so that's a thing I learned today. It's always good to learn new things. Yeah. Well, and if all goes as planned, by the time uh, folks hear this, I will be in Oklahoma. So, uh, if you know any exciting things about Oklahoma, send them my way. I just know the musical, you know. Which I will not sing the song to because it's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and even without you singing it, it might be stuck in my head for the rest of the episode. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll check in <laughs> at the end. Um, but speaking of people sending information and thoughts our way, we got lots of really great feedback from people about, uh, we, we talked in our last episode about if you were an independent bookstore that was trying to um, start a romance collection, what would be a great place to start? And we got a lot of good author recommendations. We also got some very specific book recommendations. Um, Alexis Staria suggested The Kiss Quotient, which we talked about by Helen Wong, The Hating Game by Sally Thorne, The Governess Game by Tessa Dare, American Dreamer by Adriana Herrera, and A Princess in Theory by Alyssa Cole. All of those are books and authors that we are also very big fans of. We got a lot of historical author recommendations. Sarah McLean, of course, came up a lot. 
Tessa Dare, Beverly Jenkins, uh, Eloisa James. As far as contemporary recommendations, uh, Susan Elizabeth Phillips came up more than once, who is somebody that we have not talked a ton about on the show, but who's been writing romance for a while and has done some very great work. Uh, Jane Ann Krentz, who is somebody who is a blind spot for me. I definitely need to read more of her stuff because it's more in the romantic suspense realm, which is something that I'm always trying to do more reading of. Christina Lauren and Penny Reed, who we've talked about. A listener named uh, Marcella recommended the All Wicked Wallflower series, or I think the whole Wicked Wallflower series by Christy Caldwell, which is another blind spot for me. And Teach Me by Olivia Dade, which is uh, coming out soon, I think. And I realized, I, I don't know if somebody mentioned her or if she just came across my radar another way, but I don't know that we talked about Nalini Singh. I don't think we did. Yeah, which is another. It was interesting. I um, ended up going to the library and a different bookstore uh, while I was in Charleston, West Virginia. And the library had a huge collection of romance. Um, and Nalini Singh was actually in the fantasy section and not the romance section, hmm. which I thought will be a very pleasant surprise for somebody who's just reading fantasy. And they find out they get to read romance, too. <laughs> of course, it's always a pleasant surprise. Exactly. So we did get some great recommendations. Um, and as it turns out, I actually did talk to the folks at uh, the bookstore in Charleston and just sort of said, you know, you guys have crime and thriller and mystery and sci-fi. Why no romance? And the guy tried to tell me at first, and this was some very nice, you know, bookstore clerk who was working in the evening shift and probably doesn't get to make any decisions. He said, well, I'm not sure that our readership is really, your readers are really that into it. Like it may just not be a, much of a thing here. I was like, oh, nice try. Because I was at your <laughs> library. And there were hundreds of romance titles. Also, I was at the Books a Million, you know, like across town, and they had a bunch of romance titles, including multiple Alyssa Cole titles. So mm. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong, but somebody is providing people with these books. So, you know, something to think about. Yeah. But anyway, we do appreciate all the folks who, uh, who weighed in and, and offered suggestions. It was fun. And maybe we'll put a post together with uh, some options in case, you know, some bookstore is looking for recommendations for where to start. It's a great idea, Trisha. Thank you for doing that work. Of course. And let's see, we also got, oh, we had a, do you want to um, talk a little bit about the Nora Roberts uh, developments of late? Oh, yes. Nora Roberts bless her, um, has has taken upon the mantle of the now, what, 45 romance authors whose works were were plagiarized by mm -hmm. something like that. Christiane Zeruya, who, bless her heart, still swears it was the ghostwriters. It wasn't her. And she is suing Christiane Zeruya in Brazil, which is her home nation. And uh, she says if any damages are received, she'll donate them to a literacy program in Brazil, um, which she has actually done before, way back when she had to settle another plagiarism case outside of court. And she she's, she still has some ideas that I would argue with about Amazon and all of that. But she... She being Nora Roberts in this case. Nora Roberts, not Christiane Zeruya. Well, who probably also has some ideas about Amazon that we would not agree with. But yeah, um, absolutely. But Nora Roberts is using her her clout as Nora Roberts um, to take care of some business. And we cannot fault her for that at all. We definitely cannot. 
And I am sure all of the authors who were completely violated by this author or her ghostwriters or, you know, Jesus or whoever was writing her novels. Um, who can say? <laughs> who can say? Because it apparently wasn't her. I feel... I lost my train of thought talking about Jesus. I was going to say, um, <laughs> that'll happen. <laughs> well, and I think that one of the important uh, or sort of interesting pieces of this is that lawsuits take a lot of money. Like you have to have a fair number of resources to sue somebody, especially in a different country. Mm-hmm. And I, Nora Roberts has said from the beginning that she knows that not everybody who has been victimized by this has has those resources and so that she would take it on. And I'm, I'm, it's certainly not just a selfless act. I think Nora's pissed, man. Like she's like, Oh, she is pissed. As we said before, for somebody who, you know, for many years kind of quietly just sat in the town that she owns and wrote books (laughs) without like talking to anybody, Nora Roberts is like getting out there in 2019. Like 2019 is the year of news about Nora Roberts. So um, it's not selfless, but it is, she does recognize that not everybody can do what she is doing. And, and frankly, it is her money and she is spending it doing this. So it's, you know, whether you have a lot of money or a little money, what you do with your money is for you to decide. And she has decided to do this on behalf of not just herself, but the other authors as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. The The article I read, I think it was the one that announced or broke the news, I guess, said that according to local people in Rio de Janeiro, lawsuits in Brazil can last between five and 10 years. So who knows when any of this is actually going to see the light again? Yeah. But it's happening, and she's not backing down from it. And she, she'll come for you if if you uh, cross her that way. Yeah. And Christian Sura is saying, you know, I made a mistake. I was fooled by you know, quote unquote, mentors and coaches who told me more, 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 fast, fast, fast. Which, yeah, you know, you may have made a mistake, but that mistake was also plagiarism. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see. But yeah, we will quote to, or I'll I'll link to an AP article that uh, discusses the lawsuit and has uh, quotes from both parties, so you can read it and decide what you think. Yep. So that was interesting follow up news that we had, and then one other piece of fun news. Much happier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Much happier. Avon Books uh, was pleased to announce, and we were all very pleased to hear that aspiring author and Golden Hearts finalist uh, Valen Cox is the first recipient of the Beverly Jenkins Diverse Voices sponsorship. And that's exciting because that means someone who might not have had the means can attend RWA for the first time or not for the first time and just have that whole experience without having to worry about getting there. Yeah, the sponsorship is named after Beverly Jenkins, uh, who, as the press release mentions, is a romance trailblazer and one of the most active supporters for diverse authors, which I think if you are listening to this podcast, you may have already known, but um, (laughs) not everybody reading the press release will know. So that's, it is great news. And like Jess said, it it includes the registration fee, travel and lodging. Um, There's also a one-on-one meeting with a member of the Avon Books editorial team, uh, an invitation to several exclusive Avon events during the conference. Um, Mm -hmm. And it is the, for what it's worth, the Golden Heart Award is, if I'm not mistaken, offered to a 
writer who has not been published. So it's Mm -hmm. a nomination for an unpublished work. So that's very exciting. So uh, huge congratulations to her. We will look forward to reading her published work sometime in the future. Congratulations, Bailey Cox. Indeed. And I think those are our follow-up things. Uh, Just, you want to tell folks about our first sponsor? I do. We would like to thank Every Last Breath by Juno Rushton, which came out last week as of you reading this. Um, Every Last Breath is a sexy Jason Bourne-esque romantic thriller. It is the first in the Final Hour series in which covert government operative Maddox Kincaid is used to tough assignments, but when she is tasked to recruit the one person capable of helping her neutralize a lethal world threat, it turns into Mission Impossible. There are all kinds of movie titles coming through here. I'm loving it. Cole Matthews was her first love, whom she thought for years was dead. He can't forget or forgive her role in the tragedy that ruined his life. But with time running out, they have to find a way to put the past aside and work together to stop a world-class killer before it's too late. So this is the first book by Juno Rushton. She is a former military intelligence officer, and she is hoping to bring a new layer of authenticity to the subgenre. And if you are more curious about her, you can find her on Facebook, facebook.com slash Juno Rushton, Instagram at Juno Rushton, R-U-S-H-D-A-N, and on Twitter at the same handle. So once again, thank you to Every Last Breath by Juno Rushton. Excellent. Huge thanks to them. Speaking of cool books, this is, yeah, that's not my best transition, but let's stick with it. (laughs) Uh, so you may have seen if you're a regular book riot reader that Ashley Holstrom did a piece last week, um, about books that turned, uh, the book riot contributor team onto romance. And so Jess and I were talking a little bit about it. We've talked a little bit about this for us, um, you know, in our intro episode and some of our others, but I think it, you know, we figured it might be interesting to kind of revisit with a little bit more depth how we became romance readers. Uh, Jess, how did you become a romance reader? You know, it's kind of in two separate arcs for me. Actually, kind of a parabola with a little little tiny hump in the middle. Oh my god, I did not know there was going to be geometry in this episode of Winning Romance. (laughs) (laughs) I try to throw it in when I can and sound like I know what I'm talking about, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I think that should be the subtitle of Winning Romance. We try to include geometry when we can. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was, I've always been around romance novels. My mom and my aunt, who I grew up, you know, around because parent and sibling of parent, um, both read a lot of romances. I remember I thought that there was a different spelling of my cousin Desiree's name the first time I saw a Harlequin Desire book because it was her name without the extra E. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, uh, you know, I saw them everywhere. But the first one I actually picked up was a book called Legend by Jude Devereaux. And I spent the early part of my tween years basically devouring her entire backlog, picked up a couple others here and there. But then I sort of wandered away from romance for a while when I was discovering, you know, like Anne Rice and Amelia Peabody books and all of that. So I wasn't, 
I wasn't really reading a whole lot of romance. What I was reading as of junior year of high school was a lot of fan fiction. Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't know that's what it was called at the time. Cause you know, you're just like, I'm doing a paper on Jane Austen's pride and prejudice and all of the stuff that's based on it. Cause Bridget <laughs> Jones diary had just come out and I wanted to write, I had to write a big essay in, in junior in like AP language or something. Um, so it was like, I'm going to write about things that are based on pride and prejudice. So I'm just like wandering around the internet and I come across this page that's just all stories based on Pride and Prejudice. And I was like, well, bye. (laughs) Um, And I was sucked into that hole for the next several years. Um, But, you know, it was another way where I could always find complete stories with guaranteed happy ending, right? Um, So that was kind of like my touch and go romance era of being in school and having to like walk away every once in a while. So those are easy to put down because they were in very distinct chapters that I had to read on a screen. So yeah, that's the thing too. The reading like actually on a PC, like an actual computer, like there was no iPad or smartphone or whatever. Then like you were sitting at your desktop reading fan fiction there. Like that was a very different, it was a different experience. Yeah. And then I realized that some of them were really long and I couldn't be on on the internet that long because (sighs) dial up sounds. Um, Uh So I saved them to Word and occasionally printed them out. Nice. Um, But those were the really long ones, you know, like the novel length ones. Um, so fast forward several years, I, you know, I'm picking up, you know, a dark hunter novel every once in a while on winter break or whatever during college. But then I'm out of college, I'm out of grad school, and I've got all this time on my hands. And it's like, I can read books again. Because if you look at my Goodreads history, there was a period where I was reading like 30 books a year, and then suddenly it jumps to like 85, and then suddenly it jumps to like 200. That's mm-hmm. when I was got out of grad school. Um, yep. And, uh, you know, I was a high school librarian, so I was reading a whole lot of YA. And then I was like, wait, there are stories about grownups. And what really brought me back into the fold, oddly enough, was Meg Cabot. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, I read Princess Diaries and Animator books and the 1-800-Where-Are-You or whatever they're called when I was in high school. But then I was like, wait, she has books about people who are adults. Let me check these out. So I was reading Insatiable. I was reading She Went All the Way. I fell in love with Heather Wells. And it was just like... I need more of these. So I actually wandered into a romance section for the first time in my adult life and was like, well, I'm here to stay. <laughs> and what a happy place it turned out to be. It did. It really did. Yeah. I think um, I mentioned uh, early, early on in the podcast that I, for some reason, several summers ago, I not summer, I don't know what time of year it was. It doesn't matter. The point is I had decided that I would go to the gym every single day, mm-hmm. which uh, is a thing that I have not done in the interim period of time, because uh, I'm going to cut to the end. You, I eventually realized you can read romance novels at home from <laughs> your couch if you want to. Um, but anyway, so I would been buying magazines because I was like, as it turns out, going to the gym is really boring. It's like super boring. It's the worst. Uh, and magazines are actually very, they're like, honestly, well, this was, I don't know, five or six years ago. They're like $6 a issue of a mag, whatever. 
also they last like 20 minutes because they're all pictures and ads for like Revlon. So <laughs> which like no shade to Revlon, but that's not that interesting when I'm <laughs> trying to distract myself from the stair climber. So anyway, I went to like the Nook. Uh, I was reading on a Nook at the time and I went to the like, what are the cheap books? And a lot of them happened to be uh, romance. And so I was like, well, I don't know. We'll give this a try. We'll see what happens. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I feel like the first three that I downloaded were whatever is the precursor to the Virgin River series by Robin Carr, Neanderthal Seeks Human by Penny Reed, which we have discussed. Mm -hmm. uh, And um, oh gosh, it was, I think about last night by Ruthie Knox. There was definitely a Ruthie Knox book. And Mm -hmm. all three of them were intriguing to me in different ways. I think the Penny Reed book, even though it was her first and and probably not her strongest book, I was like, oh, this is essentially romantic comedy. But instead of watching a 90 minute movie, I can read it at my own pace. Like, this is great. And so that was kind of what made me sort of a casual at the gym romance reader. One of the things that I wrote about for Ashley's uh, post was that the book that made me probably like an actual kind of advocate for romance like for somebody you know somebody who will tell people oh hey this is actually some of the smartest most interesting feminist writing that you can find is let it shine by Alyssa cole ah yes which is um a historical novella it's set during the civil rights movement and it features a black heroine and a jewish hero uh who are trying to figure out what place they have and how they can advocate for themselves and for the people that they care about. And it's it seriously, it like I learned so much about history and about different perspectives. And it I really do, I've said this before, I'll say it again. I do think it's the kind of book, honestly, that they should teach in school. So, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, I will also say Tessa Dare's uh Romancing the Duke is the first historical romance that I ever read. And it was I read it because I needed to review it. I was like, I don't care about dukes and whatever and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> but then I read and I was like, oh, this is amazing. Uh-huh. I still don't really care about dukes, but I will read more of this because <laughs> There's like a fandom in that book. I don't know. We've talked about it before, so we don't need to go back into it. But it was that kind of book where I was like, oh, oh, okay. I also was, I had like the Fabio covers stuck in my head. Like I need to get over my own biases and mm-hmm. like settle down. So yeah. So those were a few, I think, of the ones. And I, I think, I don't know if you've had that. I feel like I've had that for other genre books too. Like we talked a little bit about Nalini Singh earlier and her Psy Changeling series was, mm-hmm. I think, the first one who made me think like, oh, actually I, I could read fantasy or is that sci-fi? I think that's sci-fi. <laughs> I'm really bad at that. <laughs> It's somewhere. It's speculative. Yeah, it's speculative <laughs> fiction, which is normally not my thing at all. But mm-hmm. I read that and I was like, oh, yeah, I could read more of this, you know. So I feel like there's been a romantic suspense book or two that made me think like, oh, yeah, this is I could read this also, you know, kind of it's not so much that I became a romance reader one day. It's that mm-hmm. more and more books kind of introduced me to more and more paths. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I. I had that moment actually um, with An Extraordinary Union. Oh, yeah. Which is very recent for me. Like, I've been reading romance for a while, but that was the first book that I actually settled into that's set in the American Civil War that is a romance that has an element of romantic suspense that I was really down for. Like I, all of those things were things that I was like, eh, 
yeah, cool, not for me. Which is interesting because I love the Civil War, but I was not into reading romance about it because usually it would involve someone who is at a different power level than another. Um, But Alyssa just like mastered it. So I had read stuff set during Reconstruction, thanks to, you know, Beverly Jenkins. I was just going to say, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that, that, period like most historical romance that i was reading was british regency or medieval just for that reason yeah and i think and like there's you know good examples of that too but i think what you were just saying that sort of cool but maybe not for me is a thing that i was doing with a lot of things until i started to realize oh yeah this actually could be for me yeah I think steampunk might be my last, one, not my last, but one of my last bridges to cross in the, I don't know if that's for me realm, <laughs> but I've, I've gotten a good, enough good recommendations that I, I certainly am overdue to give it a try. Yeah, I've got to fall back into steampunk. I've actually, there are a few things that I need to fall back into. Um, like I realized it has been a long time since I have read a shifter or vampire romance, like anything paranormal. I have them on my shelf, but have I read them? No, not in years. And I was just thinking the other day, I was like, man, I should pick one up. And it's like, I have no clue where to start because I've been out of the game. (laughs) Yeah. Do you happen to remember what your first, I just realized I was looking at our list of books and I don't think we have mentioned um, any queer romance. Do you remember what your first queer romance was? Honestly, I think my first queer romance was Twilight fan fiction. Yeah. But um, my first, the first one that I actually picked up that was about grown up people falling in love. Oh, gosh. What was it? Now I don't remember. Well, you think for a minute. I will say what I think my two were. So I, I can't remember. I, re- I think I read um, Think of England by KJ mm-hmm. Charles and uh, In the Middle of Somewhere by Roan Parrish at roughly the same time. Yeah, I was thinking that mine was probably KJ Charles, but I was like, it can't have been that late in my reading history, because I've only been reading her for a a couple of years now, but it might have been um, the first Society of Gentlemen book. Yeah, and I I mean, to be honest, Jess, it wouldn't be that shocking, right? Because it's not like people weren't writing, you know, LGBTQ plus romance before a few years ago, but they may not have been able to find publishers and the way that some of them certainly there's still a long way to go this is true um but some of them can now so maybe it was fan fiction and then kj charles within the last few years right like that wouldn't be that hard to imagine in terms of traditionally published work this is very very true and it wouldn't surprise me if that was the case well I think we would love to hear what uh, what made all of you romance readers. Um, I don't know if anybody, I didn't check to see if folks have uh, commented on Ashley's post, but we'll take a look at that too. We'll make sure that we link to that. Oh yeah, there are 20 comments on there. Okay, well, we can't really discuss all of those right now because, you know, we actually are trying to stay uh, relatively close to on time. Um, but I will look forward to reading them later. Maybe we can talk about them afterwards, but do uh, make sure you send us the books that made you romance readers um because we know that you are and as we had we had a a ton of fun finding out what books to recommend to indie bookstores so hearing your origin stories as romance readers would be a lot of fun too absolutely absolutely and with that i will uh add a little bit of more romance to your life this summer 
or I won't actually, but BookCon will. Uh, our <laughs> next sponsor is BookCon. And if you would like to add a little romance to your life this summer, which let's be honest, who won't? Uh, <laughs> then you have to attend BookCon June 1st and 2nd in New York City. BookCon is a celebration of storytelling packed with romance authors you know and love and new ones that you want to discover. Have your book signed by Fifty Shades of Grey author E.L. James, Tessa Dare, who we were already talking about in this episode multiple times, uh, Nicola Yoon, uh, Kimmy Garcia, and more. Meet up with other book lovers, snag copies of books before they are released, and explore this event packed with bookish goodies. It's essentially a celebration of storytelling where books and pop culture collide. Again, that's Jan- or, sorry, January, God, <laughs> June 1st and 2nd in New York City, because... As those are real months as opposed to January, which happened five months ago. Uh, <laughs> BookCon is the best place to meet so many of your favorite authors. Uh, you can get books signed. It's an immersive experience that features interactive, forward-thinking content, including Q&As with the hottest celebrities, autographing sessions with authors, special screenings from book-to-DV or book-to-film adaptations, and so much more. So we will make sure that we have a link uh, in the show notes to find the registration. But in the meantime... You can find it, this is actually very easy, on Facebook at slash BookCon, at Instagram at, at BookCon, and at Twitter at the BookCon. So those are your places to find that. Like I said, as always, you will find it in the show notes. Essentially, BookCon seems to me, I have not been, but it seems like it's essentially a, a, a reader event at the Book Expo of America, which is a big deal, probably the biggest book conference in the United States every year. So. Mm-hmm. It's pretty big. Yeah. So, uh, but this is kind of the reader side of it, like kind of the fan. Again, if my understanding is correct, it's kind of a um, a lot of the conferences sort of more focused on the industry, but this is more focused on the readers and the fans, which is cool. Yep. It sounds great. You know, it's in New York, so I can't go. Sure. But, <laughs> but I hope that everyone who can does, because every time I see the pictures after, I wish I had been there. Well, maybe someday, but for, yeah, do let us know. Um, and in the meantime, huge thanks to BookCon for sponsoring the show. Yes, thank you. So while while you were doing that, I went, I did go back and look, and actually my first published queer romance was Lover at Last by J.R. Ward, uh-huh. which is the 11th book in the Black Dagger Brotherhood series with a, a relationship that had building been building up for several books as side characters and we were like they need their book and uh, apparently jr ward was also like they need their book so she gave them their book oh that's cool yeah uh i'm a little sad you weren't paying more attention to my brilliant ad reading where i got my months confused but otherwise (laughs) did you notice i was paying attention i am very good at dual processing it's true i feel better about it now thank you jess that that helps Well, speaking of things that you are good at, oh, this is a better transition. Okay. Speaking of things that you are good at, <laughs> you were responsible for today's uh, ROM book love topic. So it is time once again, if you are new to the show or just new generally to uh, the romance community, one of the very fun things that happens a couple of times a year is ROM book love, which uh, Anna Kokoi uh, puts together. It's a um, essentially just a fun social media, mostly Twitter conversation about uh, romance books. You have to remember to include the hashtag, which I am already failing at, even though we're recording on May 2nd. And you have to remember to do it correctly, which yeah. I failed at this morning. <laughs> That's the other thing. 
okay, well, we'll come back to that. But like some of the hashtags are wrong. Like there's an extra B. So make sure you're you're using it right. They will make sure that we have a link to the show notes, but it's R-O-M for ROM, B-K for book, and love is the full word L-O-V-E. But yeah, there are some places where it's like two Bs or like whatever. I don't know. I'm not sure what's happening. But at any rate, uh, it's a fun social media conversation. And uh, um, and the folks who are writing for Rum Book Love have put together a variety of different prompts. Do you want to talk a little bit, Jess, about the one that you did today? Yes. Um, so we're recording today, Thursday, May 2nd, right? Um, and I decided that um, since one of the goals of Rum Book Love is to talk about inclusivity of all kinds, um, to have a look at people of color in historical romance, which, if you couldn't tell already, is a thing that I get really excited about. I love history and have always been interested in sto- untold stories, and I wanted to pull out a few of those, many of whom, if you look at the posts that I put up, are familiar if you have listened to all of the episodes of Women in Romance. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Because I I have my favorites. You all know this. Um, And I was really happy to pull all of these people together. I decided to do it um, based on favorite characters instead of specifying by author or book. Um, So I got to sort of talk about why certain characters were favorites of mine. And that was lots of fun. That sounds like a lot of fun. And it was a great post. It was a lot of fun. And like you said, it was a thank you revisitation of some of the things that we've talked about here. But I think that angle of um, talking about new and different characters was uh, very fun as well. So for recommendations this week, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the books that we would recommend for just some of the early prompts um, in Ron Book Love. Uh, obviously, it continues all through the month of May, but a few of the early ones. Actually, um, Anna did a great post yesterday on exceptions, which is essentially like what you think you really like or don't like, that then there's an exception to that rule. So for example, I am generally not a big fan of the secret baby romance. And frankly, I'm not usually a huge fan of a football romance either, just because I think the idea and topic of football is so loaded. And a lot of the romance kind of ignores you know, just some of the social issues involved and certainly the health issues involved. Mm -hmm. And one of my exceptions was a book called Fumbled by Alexa Martin, uh, which I talked about very, very early this year, long before it came out. It just came out within the last week. And I was going to take this opportunity to recommend it again, because I think it's really, really good. Alexa Martin takes, she's a a spouse of a um, former professional football player, someone who played for many years in the NFL. And so you can tell kind of early in Fumbled that she is going to take on the topic of health impacts and brain impacts of professional football. And I, she, I will, I don't want to spoil anything. I will say she took it in a direction that I did not expect, um, Mm -hmm. but I thought was really great. Essentially it's a story of a woman who had a relationship with a now professional football player. She has a son who's, I want to say like nine or 10. Um, The son Mm -hmm. is great. He's wonderful. He's fun to read about through the whole book. And Generally, like I said, I'm not a big fan of the secret baby thing. But as it turns out in this book, the uh, heroine has good reason to keep it from the hero. So I don't want to say too, too much about it it, because I don't want to give it away. It sort of unfolds slowly, but from the beginning. So I don't want to, you know, put you in a 
place where you don't know a lot about it. But anyway, all of that to say, <laughs> uh, pick up fumbled by Lex Martin. We did uh, intercepted for our book club um, last fall, which I really, really liked, but I actually like fumbled even better. So find that one, track it down uh, and know that it is an exception for me. That's a that's a great exception. I actually also liked fumbled more than intercepted. I really liked intercepted. Yeah. And I really liked Marley as a character, but I really liked Poppy yeah. and and TK and Ace. Just like the whole package and everything that was going around on around like this whole book is a great whole package. I think. And I'm so excited because I can tell already who the third book is going to be about. And I'm really excited about it. I think it comes out later this <laughs> year. We'll see. Anyway, it's a little spoiler for you. Yeah. Yeah. We're excited about that. Well, I am going to add something to the May 2nd prompt, POC in history, because I started reading Beverly Jenkins's Rebel this morning. And even though I'm only about 15% into it, I am hooked which isn't a surprise because it's Beverly Jenkins. But this book features the Levesque family, who if you have read any of Beverly Jenkins's book that takes place or end up in New Orleans, you're going to be familiar with. Um, they That whole family is just a riot. There are six brothers, um, three of whom have already had books, I think. I can't guarantee that because I've only read one of them. And then their mother is just an amazing, amazing woman. But anyway, my favorite character in this book so far is Valinda Lacey. She is a northerner from New York who has come down to New Orleans just after the Civil War to be a teacher, to help educate freedmen, um, learn to read, learn to write, all of that. And... You know, she's gotten some really good headway, but there are a lot of people who really don't want that kind of person around for whatever reason. And she ends up in a bit of a state where she needs some assistance. And Drake Levesque and the rest of his family are the people who end up providing her with that assistance. And I'll stop it there because that's when everything sort of builds um but it's got the same like really lush historic writing that is familiar in a beverly jenkins novel and i'm not going to say that the cover isn't like the number one factor of picking this book up because it is gorgeous i mean i feel like the author might have had a little something to do with it too yeah that too but i mean look at the cover the cover is beautiful if it hadn't been Beverly Jenkins's name on that cover, I still would have picked it up. And she's a, an author who knows from a cover too. I mean, she this is not her first like exceptionally beautiful cover. So Mm-mm. she, yeah, she's got it figured out. Yes, yes, she does. So that's once again that is Rebel, the most recent Beverly Jenkins novel, the first in the Women Who Dare series. I love the name of her series. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's not quite out yet, right? It is out. Um, on May 7th, I believe. Wait, nope, I lied. It's May 28th. I totally lied. I read something that said May 7th, so I'm going to confirm which one it is because it could have been moved or I might have been reading about something else that was coming out soon. Well, you just pre-order it for yourselves, everybody, and then you'll just be happy when it shows up in your box. You'll be all set. Absolutely. 
Uh, there is also a prompt on, I think, May 4th about creatives, which I'm assuming is about people who are sort of in like creative industries or of a creative mindset. And so uh, that worked out great for me because I am about halfway through a book, a brand new book. It just came out this week called Getting Hot with a Scott. It's by <laughs> Melanie Johnson. Um, and one of the books that you like, think about that title. You are probably imagining that this is about a Duke or a Highlander or <laughs> someone who is... I don't know, living in sort of outlander times, uh, you would be wrong. This is a a book. I was thinking to myself, oh, I've never read a book that has a present day Scottish person in it, which is not true because I read uh, A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole like two weeks ago. But the point is, <laughs> this is also a present day story wherein uh, Cassie Crow, who is the um, one of the main characters of this book, uh, sort of stumbles upon a prank show i'm kind of giving away a thing that happens in the first chapter sorry but also <laughs> if you have read anything about this book you already know that so the um <laughs> this is kind of a uh like punked sort of for those of you who are in your late 30s like i am uh you might remember a show called punked uh there are others of a similar ilk but oh, the man. point is yeah candid camera i don't know if you're <laughs> older than me or maybe that still is a thing anyway the point know. is they set up these sort of uh prank things and somebody kind of walks into them and so this woman cassie walks into one uh with logan who is the host of the show and she won't sign the waiver like she won't sign the release she thinks he's great they uh before she realizes she's being as we would say in my day, punked. Uh, he, <laughs> um, she like makes out with him a little bit. Anyway, she doesn't want to sign the waiver, uh, but Logan really needs it because he needs to get a slot on primetime television for the fall. And so he also really likes her. So he's kind of torn. Uh, at any rate, it's a fun read. It is. They're both kind of in a creative industry. She also is a, a producer for TV and um, he obviously is uh, basically the Ashton Kutcher of Scotland. In again, if you don't know who that is, just just Google it. It'll be fine. Uh, and anyway, it's a fun like sort of uh, rom com. I don't really know how it's going to go. I haven't finished it yet. I don't know if she's going to sign the waiver, y'all. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. We'll see what happens. But anyway, they are both very creative. So uh, it is, I think, a good match for uh, the creatives section of rom book love. And again, that is Getting Hot with a Scott by Melanie Johnson. That just sounds delightful. I can't wait to pick up that book. Going back a day to Magic and Monsters. Oh, I'm so glad you're doing this. I finished a book that is very, very different from books that I've been reading and books that I have read in the past. And that is Tiffany Rice's new book, The Rose. Ah. Which is the second book in her new fantasy romance fantasy, erotic romance, erotic fantasy, rom whatever you want to call it, um, series, but you don't have to read the red in order to enjoy the rose. And I haven't, but I want to go back to it at some point because this book in true Tiffany Rice fashion is just amazing. And so uh, Leah is the daughter of a modern day Earl. <laughs> Her parents are quite the characters too. Um, and she is a modern day madam. She and her friends got together and started an escort service. <laughs> sure. We've all done that over happy hour, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but that's sort of, that, that's a 
that's a, a thing that helps move the plot forward, but not actually that important. Um, what's important is that we we start the book at her graduation party. She's just graduated from university. And there's a guy there that she's never met, but her father invited because he beat him out at auction for what he's going to give Leah for her graduation, which it turns out is this beautiful Greek cup. Um, she's obsessed with Greek mythology and history and all of that. And she really likes this ornate, very ancient inscribed cup. And it turns out it's called the Rose Kelix. And August, who didn't get it in auction, kind of, he wants it. <laughs> um, so he's not going to steal it, but you know he offers to buy it from her. And she's like, no, this is my graduation present. You're not getting this. Um, and he's like, but really, you shouldn't have that because it's magic. And that's when things get a little weird. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, what makes this very much a Tiffany Rice book is that August himself is also a uh, sex worker. He is a professional member of the Cult of Eros, who, you know, historically have been disciples of the god Eros and, you know, lovers of sex and sexual love. And he tells her that the cup that she has, has powers to actually drop you into your sexual fantasies. And he can prove it to her. Well, I bet he can. I bet he can. And that's where I'm going to stop because that's where you have to find out the rest. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's good. I think you walked right up to the explicit rating line and then uh, <laughs> let people take it for themselves, Jess. Well done. Yes, I do what I can. I try, you know. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, and that was The Rose? The Rose by Tiffany Rice. Excellent. My last rec is I... Uh, if I'm counting my numbers right, I think it's on the 6th of May, which is, I believe, actually, when this podcast is coming out, there is a uh, meet disasters prompt for Rom Book Love, which is kind of amazing. I'm very excited about that. I, You know how there's like the meet cute? Uh, well, sometimes you have the meet not so cute and you have the meet disaster. So the first book that came to my mind was Ghost by Robin Covington. It's a, a short book. It's only about 80 pages. So I don't know if you would count that as a short story or a novella. But Oliver and Gareth have actually uh, hooked up in the past. They had sort of a one night stand that I think one of them thought would be a one night stand and the other one maybe didn't. Uh, but now Oliver has to, he's an agent um, and he has... Uh, you know, brags that he will be able to, you know, book this new, a very big deal illustrator, comic illustrator, uh, and artist to his agency. I don't really know that much about advertising, but, or, you know, agencies, but anyway, so he said he would be able to, uh, get this big deal artist hooked for his, uh, agency. And as it turns out, he, um, is the person that Oliver had a one night stand with. So he has to sort of try to, backtrack on some of the, you know, maybe hurt feelings or frustrations that went on with their one night stands that again, was not always going to be a one night stand for both of them. Um, and this is a, it's a great book in general. It's a, it's a cool, I, I kind of wish that the comic uh, that the First Nations comic that Gareth, or who's who's known as G, that's his, his cool name, 
I'm calling him Gareth because I feel like we're basically friends and it's fine. Um, I kind of wish that the comic existed. Uh, so maybe we can eventually convince Robin Covington to do that. But in the meantime, for a uh, meat disaster, you can read Ghost by Robin Covington. Interestingly enough, my last recommendation is also a meat disaster. Nice. It is a book that is out. It's not coming out in a month and me thinking it's coming out next week. (laughs) It just came out. And surprise, surprise, it is A Prince on Paper by Alyssa Cole. Ah, yes. Oh, that's a great... Yeah. Nope. Yeah. (laughs) I support you. (laughs) So... Um, This is the third and final full-length novella of the Reluctant Royal series. And in it, um, two people we've met before, but don't really know as much as we might about. um, Naya, Letty's cousin, and Johan Tabizo's BFF meet on a plane. And it is a disaster because Naya didn't know that he was on the plane. Yeah. And uh, there's an interesting conversation between her and the flight attendant where it's like, I'm going into the bedroom. Are you sure you want to do that? Yes. Don't disturb me. Okay. Wink, wink. And then, of course, there's a sleeping prince in the bedroom that surprised her. (laughs) Which, boy, private plane problems, right? Like, (laughs) who would have even known? That has never happened to me on a Southwest flight. Never. Absolutely never. Not even American. Well, now all my dreams are shattered. Thanks, Jess. (laughs) This has to happen. Um, And uh, it goes from there. And there there are a few more disasters before things get anywhere near resolved. But um, that particular meeting is hilariously terrible. Um, And that's the... First meeting of our favorite couple in A Prince on Paper by Alyssa Cole. Uh, and that was a great book. I agree. I um, That I think actually, and I said this about um, the new uh, Talia Hibbert book, that kind of guy. I think both of them, even though they were the last book in the series, were my favorite in the series. Mm. So bittersweet. Yeah. I haven't yet gotten to that kind of guy, but I can't wait because it looks like it's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, it is pretty great. So We'll talk about that more another time. In the meantime, do let us know. Thank you to everybody who let us know what your uh, recommendations would be for bookstores that were trying to shore up their romance collections. Let us know <laughs> this time around what books made you romance readers. And maybe they're the same ones. We don't know. Who's to say? <laughs> and yeah, keep us posted on your rom book love activity. We'll make sure that the hashtag and that the first post or so are linked in our show notes. You should be able to find it. But yeah, in the meantime, as always, you can find me at Trisha Haley Brown on Instagram and also at Trisha Haley Brown, but with Noah on Twitter. And you can find me um, on Twitter at Jess's Reading, all one word, and on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. And we look forward to hearing from you about all those things. Definitely um, feel free to jump into um, Rom Book Love. You don't have to go through the whole month. Um, just jump in where you feel like you can join in. Oh, yeah, that's a great point. And I think also just we didn't mention this, but you and I are both going to be at Book Lovers Con. We are. In New Orleans in a couple of weeks. We, As it turns out, I'm realizing now we're probably going to be recording from Book Lovers Con. 
We might. Yeah. So um, <laughs> if you are going to be there too, let us know. And maybe we can uh, put together some sort of coffee or happy hour situation. But yeah, we kind of buried that lead. But if you're going to be in New Orleans <laughs> in a couple of weeks, uh, definitely let us know. We would love to see and chat with you there. Absolutely. So yeah, whatever way, in person, over Twitter, over Instagram, over email, carrier pigeon, whatever you have to get in touch with us, feel free to do so. Definitely. And until then, happy reading. Happy reading, everybody.